before we get into today's show, a huge thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring today's episode. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, this is your sign. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to some amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities. Pretty much any brand I've talked about, whether it is Hum Nutrition or Forager Project, they've all been found through Podcorn. With Podcorn, there is no middleman, and the beautiful thing is podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. So this means a podcast of any size, even if you are just starting out, you can start talking about what you love and start monetizing your business. Podcorn allows you to set your own rate, collaborate with brands directly, and you get to choose who you work with. You get to decide who is most reflective of your core values. If you've ever thought about getting into the influencer space, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west when working with brands. So it's so amazing to have some support through Podcorn. You never give up any rights to your podcast and Podcorn is there to support you through every step of the way to ensure you're protected and you're always compensated for the work that you do for brands, which unfortunately isn't always the case. Sometimes you have to chase people down and say, hey, what about that sponsorship I did a month ago? I still haven't been paid. That never happens with Podcorn. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. You can click the link in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. It is always a good time to make money doing what you love, so I hope this message inspires you. And without further ado, let's jump into the show. You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me one-on-one dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spot industry. I'm Tess and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, Take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Welcome back to the treatment room, guys. I'm your host, Tess Zolli. In today's episode, we are talking about rosacea. It is a very important topic because I think your clients or people who deal with rosacea are often frustrated, they've had a lack of information, so it's very important that we as the esthetician is confident in treating it. So today we have an absolute expert and the perfect person to talk about this. Her name is Julie Reese. She is a licensed esthetician, educator, formulator, and founder of the Six Figure Esthetician Virtual Courses. She's worked in day spas and med spas and has owned her very own spa in the Chicago area. She has created an online platform where estheticians and other skincare professionals can come to get relevant, useful, and accurate information, and she offers easy-to-follow online courses. Her website is skincoachjulie.com, and I am just in love with Julie's teaching style. It has been a lifesaver having her educational tools as a resource 
during this pandemic, I used to seek out classes and go to them in person, obviously, but the whole virtual world of aesthetics really is a beautiful thing. It's making these courses more accessible to people, just easier to incorporate in your busy schedule. And now that I own my own business, I'm seeing people from all walks of life with all different skin types and conditions. And I really want to be confident in treating anybody who comes to me. So I've really been taking it on myself as we always should, but it's to another level now where I want to stay on top of my game. I want to be educated. I want to know the ins and outs of various things such as rosacea. Julie offers a bunch of different courses, including consultation and skin analysis, mastering skin and treatments, ingredient expert, and acne solutions. And she's also coming out with a microneedling course in 2021 in January, so keep your eye out for that. Julie's goal is to help estheticians achieve better skincare results as quickly and easily as possible and learn these secrets from the comfort of their home. She loves helping skincare professionals gain more influence, more impact, and more income. That is sort of like her whole MO, what she's all about, and she's incredible. So I cannot wait to share her with you. Thank you guys so much for listening, and let's get into the episode with Julie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tess, and I am so excited to talk all things rosacea today. I think it's a topic we just don't get to spend enough time on in school, and it is so important. We want to handle the condition with the utmost care. I know you guys have a ton of questions you submitted on Instagram about rosacea, so we're going to get into all of that. And I cannot wait to introduce our guest. Her name is Julie Reese, and she is a licensed esthetician, educator, formulator, and founder of the Six Figure Esthetician Virtual Courses, also known as Skin Coach Julie. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Tess. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so nice to connect. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Of course. It is my pleasure. I've been learning so much from you and just can't wait to share you with everybody. To get started, yeah, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your backstory? I know you have so much expertise in working in spas, owning a spa. Tell us a little bit about how you started in aesthetics and got to where you are today. Sure. Well, it's been a long journey. Um, So from the time I was a little girl, I've always just had a complete love for skincare. And over time, my passion just really developed into always trying to help other people and make sure that other people really feel good about themselves, really feel confident about themselves. Um, And just going beyond that and creating such a unique, personalized experience for everybody that I meet through the treatment room or through education. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I've owned my own day spa in the Chicago area. I've worked in med spas, helping them build their business from the ground up, formulated some of my products. And then as you just said, um, I created the six figure esthetician virtual courses of April of 2020 after COVID hit. So mm. I think like so many of us were in this same situation we couldn't personally work with clients at the time. We were running around in circles. How are we going to mm -hmm. keep going? And I asked myself, what could I still do to bring value to the industry while working from home? So mm -hmm. I completely shifted directions and I created SkinCoachJulie.com. And right now we've got a total of four courses and I'm in the process of creating my next course on microneedling. Incredible. Okay. Tell us about your courses because I love them. And you guys, you have to take Julie's courses. If you're listening, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can find them. But Julie, what are those courses? What are some of the more popular ones you've offered to? Yeah. So it's super simple. All of the courses, um, they're just in a very easy educational platform. I'm always on the go. So I believe you know, everybody's time is very valuable. So I make them where it's just, they're pre-recorded. It's learn at your own pace, video, mm -hmm. audio, downloadable forms. The four courses that I have right now include consultation and skin analysis, mastering skin conditions and treatments, ingredient expert, and acne solutions. So it's unlimited access to everything and just ongoing support because really my gratification is knowing that I'm helping other estheticians and people mm -hmm. in the skincare industry, just helping them achieve more impact, more influence and more income. That's my simple goal. I love that. That is so needed. And I just can't say enough good things about your classes. I've taken the acne course and the managing skin conditions. And I feel like no matter what level you are at, whether you're an esthetician who can't go back to school right now, or just somebody who wants a little bit of a refresher, like it can never hurt. The classes are just amazing. They're so easy to go through. And I like how you like present the info almost in little sections and then <laughs> you press continue. Like want to make sure you're still listening. And yeah. You. Yeah. And you just really, I think, hit, hit some great points. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I just feel like there's such an overabundance of information in our industry yeah. and misinformation too, sadly. So I just try to really put these together where we're getting good information and walking into the treatment room, feeling more confident about what we're delivering to yes. our clients. Yes. It's all about the confidence and... I think the education really is the backbone of that. It's so much better. It's going to help you out so much more to educate yourself and take more classes. So when you're presented with these things like rosacea, you're not nervous. You're not wondering, can I use this or that? Am I going to do something that's contraindicated? It's just so much better to be prepared and confident. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Rosacea. I'm so excited to get into it. I, I uploaded a little photo to Instagram saying 
we were doing this podcast, Julie, and somebody replied saying, my mom has horrible rosacea. It's so refreshing to have an SD spending time on it because my mom is so terrified to go to anyone because of the pain she's been through in the Mm -hmm. past. So I think this is such an important episode. It's so needed. And I have a bunch of questions for you, but I know this is just going to shed light on a lot of things that we should be talking about with rosacea. So what does rosacea look and feel like? What's kind of like the general overview of how it can present? Yeah, well, first off, Um, More than 16 million Americans deal with rosacea every day. So that number is just huge to me when I think about it, just trying to wrap my mind around that. And I feel like it's one of those topics that we probably don't talk enough about in our field. So as far as what it looks like and feels like, it's, it's really, it's an inflammatory condition in the skin. So it's typically going to start off centrally on the face as flushing and blushing in the cheeks is the most common place. And then it can present itself even on the nose, the chin, and be seen on the forehead. And the redness in those earlier stages, mm-hmm. it can come and go. Um, and then mm-hmm. some people even have experienced flushing throughout different parts of their body, like Um, throughout the chest area is another really common place. Mm. When I look at rosacea as a whole, I I like to break everything down. So looking at rosacea, it's got four different stages. In the most advanced stages, it can actually resemble acne with like cysts and papular pustule type of acne. But not everybody gets that though. It can be mm-hmm. tricky. And I think you probably could agree with that, Tess. It's like really yes. tricky to tell the difference between am I looking at acne or am I looking at acne rosacea and what's my treatment plan going to be? Um, because a lot of the difference, well, let me put it this way. The difference with people with acne is they have blackheads and whiteheads. So the people that have that rosacea acne and those more advanced stages, they're not going to have blackheads and whiteheads with that. They're going to look like they have pimples and it resembles it, but they're not going to have the blackheads and whiteheads. Um, So in also in advanced stages, it can thicken the skin on the nose, on the face, blood vessels distend through like dilation of capillary walls and they stay open from consistent triggers which also, as we know in our industry, telangiectasia, when we see those real visible blood vessels. And it can also impact the eyes, which is ocular rosacea. That's that reddening of the eyes. So there's a lot of different ways and stages that it can present itself. The other thing to remember is that people with rosacea they have problems with a compromised skin barrier and an impaired acid mantle. So the skin becomes very dry. It becomes very thin. Those are very common things that we'll see alongside it. Um, And in the more earlier stages, again, that's really seen when that flushing and that blushing is occurring. And it just kind of just seems to get more aggravated as it progresses along. It's also associated with heat. It can be linked to gut health. Um, And I always like to point out, you know, we see it, we see it more commonly in lighter skin types. But the overall good news is 
I believe it can be managed with a good skincare routine, professional treatments, and really knowing the triggers and educating your clients on making um, some lifestyle changes. Okay, I know you mm -hmm. mentioned triggers a couple times. What would those be for somebody with Yeah, rosacea? so, and again, I mean, the triggers is such a huge one where you really want to spend the time and um, educating your client. The biggest one is we're going to look at like diet um, and heat to the skin. Some of the things that are contraindicated with it. Um, and there's all different kinds of ways just to manage it. So as far as triggers, easy, simple things to us like hot water can trigger it, hot drinks, spicy mm -hmm. foods, um, mm. certain kinds of products, products that have a lot of different ingredients in them, not keeping it simple. So there's really a, a wide variety mm. that can manage, mm. um, you know, that can help manage flare-ups, but can also contribute to those triggers and, and flare-ups. Okay, so it's not the time for somebody with rosacea to go out and get like a hot, sugary Starbucks drink, come home, take a hot yeah. shower. Yeah, do hot I mean, yoga, unfortunately, some those of those things. things, it's everybody responds differently. And I always say there's no two people on the planet that have the same skin. So it's really getting to know your skin. And as, mm -hmm. and if you're treating with somebody with rosacea, taking the time to really learn their skin, how they're responding and educating that client on, you know, maybe it's keeping a log of everything that they eat. Maybe it's, you know, or do you respond differently to extreme hot and cold temperatures just so they're mm -hmm. starting to understand what their own personal triggers are too. I think that's, yeah, so important to know. And as estheticians, we're obviously not diagnosing rosacea, but I do think it's it's crucial for people who do have the condition to, I think it's so important to work with a professional and manage the condition. And like Julie said, really use the right intentional things. What would be an example of a, a great routine or some products somebody with rosacea could look for? Yeah. So when I think in terms of rosacea, my mind just automatically goes to cooling, calming, soothing products, you know, and always as far as like a treatment plan, treating progressively and not aggressively. Um, again, seeing how they're responding and just have a really like slow and steady approach. Um, you want to focus on anti-inflammatory and soothing ingredients, hydrating that acid mantle because we said it can really become compromised uh, and dried out. Certain products that you would normally use for, you know, like anti-aging products, some like the stronger AHAs can actually just worsen rosacea and make the problem so much worse until you start getting things under control. 
Um, and as far as like moisturizers, I always like to stay away from heavy occlusives or emollients in products because that skin, it still needs to breathe. It still needs to detox a bit. And while that moisture is important to transepidermal water loss, you just don't want it too heavy. I like a cream or lotion with a mix of a water and oil base held together by a nice emulsifier. And the fewer ingredients, the better. I mean, I know I said it before, but like, I can't stress that enough. I mean, whether like you're going synthetic or you're going natural, you don't want a ton of ingredients in one product. Um, so like as far as products, aloe vera, marshmallow root, green tea are all great ones. An example routine. So for removing makeup, I like to suggest things like um, hemp seed oil or jojoba oil. Uh, cleansing, like no daily alpha hydroxy acids, no granules, exfoliants, no rubbing, no friction, but use again that tepid water. An aloe or honey based cleanser is really good. Um, and then toners, a natural astringent, like a plant with plant properties or ingredients to really just encourage those blood vessels to calm down. And I like like a hydrosol, like a rose geranium or a cucumber and moisturizer, a must again. And of course, you want to finish everything off with that SPF. And with rosacea, I always prefer the physical over the chemical. Mm, I totally agree. I think I find with my clients that is a game changer, especially for those with acne rosacea. I find the chemical sunscreens can really like hinder their progress sometimes. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm I'm glad that you see that too. I mean, that's, yeah. that's great. But I, I do, I think it really just slows them down. Totally. And it's, yeah, it's sometimes people are drawn to these formulas that, you know, are almost, I think a lot of them have the name of like unseen or, you know, like very sheer and lightweight. So people are attracted to that. But not always, not always the best for skin. Um, could you talk a little bit about um, acne rosacea and ways to manage that condition? Because I think that's like sort of a tricky spot because you want to manage the inflammation, you don't want to overdo it, and you want to treat the rosacea at the same time. Yeah, so with acne rosacea, um, it's hard, but the same thing is you want to go in and really calm down that angry, aggravated skin at first. You want to keep mm -hmm. it simple, cleansing, hydration, the sun exposure, which is so huge, the SPF component of it, start calming and rebuilding that barrier function. And then as far as treatments, I do like to still use peels, but at a lighter um, concentration. So you can still do like a salicylic or a glycolic peel, but use those lighter concentrations, more mm. superficial peels, and just kind of build upon that slowly. And that really, in my experience, I feel like it does a really great job of, of clearing it up and then just keep them mm. on that good home care, simple, simple routine. Okay. I love that. I feel like my, my personal philosophy is always 
sort of what you said, Julie, like a step up approach. We're building upon things where if we're doing peels, I would say just easing into things with the series, not going too heavy out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Are there certain certain things that somebody with rosacea should avoid, such as a retinol, benzoyl peroxide, any of those like more intense ingredients? Yeah, well, I mean, that's great. Like two of those right there, I would not, you know, retinol and benzoyl peroxide. For me, I would say those are extreme no-nos. I wouldn't I wouldn't put anybody yeah. on those. Um, again, like you stick to that simple routine, alcohol, spicy foods, hot drinks, sun exposure, mm-hmm. extreme hot and cold temps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are things that you want to avoid. And I like, you know, I keep going back to that whole lifestyle, but it's just such a huge component of just internally what's going on in that person's body. I mean, you even like, Mm -hmm. if you've talked to somebody with rosacea and has a lot of flushing and blushing, Mm -hmm. one of the two, like two common big ones can even just be red wine and chocolate. And man, you can see like someone's chest go beat red after having a glass of red wine, you know? That's me. Oh, oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't have rosacea per se, but just like tail injectasia, Mm -hmm. gross skin, like easily flushed. Like very just sensitive skin. Sensitive, like just, and it's interesting. The parallels are so there with inflammation and the holistic connection between the body and skin. I'm just like a sensitive person in general with emotions, with foods, with things in the air, with, I don't drink. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't do well with I'm the same way. Are you? I am. Yeah, I am exactly the same way. Like I have very sensitive skin and I, same thing. I don't drink because, and I can't put a lot on my skin because even though I spend so much time trying to build the barrier function, I still just naturally genetically have very sensitive skin. Yeah. Well, and I think there's definitely some similarities in treating sensitive skin and rosacea. It's just about calming. And in general, it's good for people to look at ways to minimize inflammation in the body, like just heat in general, not, not great for the skin when it's overdone. Yeah. Yeah. And especially just that, like that hot heat component of it. Definitely. Even acne, I find, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah. Asking people, which is one of the reasons, especially in my virtual consultations, I really hone in on the lifestyle aspect and the diet because somebody has a lot of heat and they're doing like intense hot workouts going you know taking really hot showers using harsh things that build heat in the skin mm-hmm. eating a lot of hot foods like drinking alcohols even if it's just a, a couple times a week I definitely notice the effects in many people yeah definitely Would you say there are any supplements? I think this is a good question. Any supplements somebody with rosacea can take to help? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a true believer in, you know, vitamin deficiencies and what Mm -hmm. kind of toll that can take on somebody's skin too. Mm -hmm. 
So when I look at some of like the top supplements, vitamins, they can absolutely play a role in overactive blood vessels, mm. inflammation in the skin, and those pimples associated with rosacea. So my top ones are vitamin B3, niacinamide, yes. which is a skin anti-inflammatory. It improves the function of the skin barrier, which is great and really just does such a great job of like calming everything down over time. Mm -hmm. um, I also love vitamin C, as we all know, antioxidant, right? You can't go wrong with antioxidants. So that's kind of fighting that free radical damage and reducing inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, another good one is going to be zinc because you're boosting the immune system. So that kind of works hand in hand. And I also like magnesium a lot mm. because, and that's a really interesting one because magnesium is a trace element and it's necessary for like just overall proper health and functioning of your body. And there's so many people that have deficiencies in magnesium. And when that happens, it can make the vessels more prone to excess dilation. So it's mm. not like do you ever look at somebody's skin and you think, oh my gosh, they have all these blood vessels and they almost look mm -hmm. like broken capillaries? Yes. A lot yes. of times, yeah, and we see that so much, right? And a lot of times they're not truly broken capillaries. They're just vessels so yeah. close to the skin that are dilated from all these triggers, all mm -hmm. these heat, mm -hmm. misuse of products. So I, I really like magnesium for that. And then the last one is selenium which again, selenium like magnesium is going to play a role in functioning of blood vessels. And if you have a deficiency, again, the, the vessels, they can dilate causing that flushing sensation. So mm -hmm. I just say to, you know, take a good multivitamin and cover all your bases. Mm, okay. Good tip. I love all of those. I think Magnesium is great. I take the the Calm Sleep Powder and oh wow, little tangent, but I've always had like trouble sleeping. I used to take Benadryl to sleep, like all these horrible, right. horrible medications. <laughs> I, I think we've all done that at some point. <sighs> okay, right? good, not just me. And then I started taking the Calm Sleep Magnesium, and it has been a game changer. It's so relaxing on the wow. body. It's the only thing that like, it knocks me out, but not in a way where I wake up like in a fog. Right. Um, it promotes relaxation and digestion. I'm a big magnesium girl for sure. Wow. That's great. Yes. Okay. I love all of those. Vitamin C, I think important. Do you know Michelle Phelan? Mm, I might. Okay. If not, I have to connect you guys. I think you would really um, get along and have a lot of similarities. Yeah. She's an educator too, but she talks about a lot with rosacea, how 500 milligrams of vitamin C with 250 milligrams of bioflavonoids, like always have your doctor approve, right. of course. But um, she says that's something she really notices mm -hmm. can be helpful. Um, yeah, so I love vitamin C internally. A question I have is also, okay, I hear this from rosacea clients a lot. They want to use vitamin C, but many of the formulas topically feel like they sting. And I usually recommend 
like a non-acidic version, but what is your take yeah. on vitamin C topically for rosacea? Same thing. I mean, Same I thing. think with vitamin C, it just you know, there's different kinds of it and you need yeah. to come back to same thing that you're doing test, like the way that it's formulated because it's not going to work for everybody. And if it's burning right. or stinging on the skin, then just back off of it for sure. Okay, good. Okay. That was good confirmation. How about, I know you mentioned gentle peels in the treatment room, but yeah. Julie, could you walk us through, like, say I walk into your spa, I have rosacea, I want a treatment. What would be like an example uh, treatment you would give? Yeah. So with that, I mean, coming in, if like, if, if I was still in the med spa, you know, I would probably want to just start rebuilding the barrier because I bet that that barrier is going to be thin. It's going to be mm -hmm. compromised. It's going to be dry. And I would just get you on all those right home care products and a good, you know, and even like, um, a spray mist, like a cucumber, rose mm -hmm. water, just making sure that you're continually cooling down throughout the day. And as far as a treatment plan, I mm -hmm. like, honestly, like I like to do a combination of treatments. You know, that's just kind of how I roll in my plans, but I would probably do a combination of superficial peels three to four weeks apart, but I would also incorporate in there on some of those um, like I would alternate it with either a laser treatment or even an IPL because mm. both of those have just such um, a huge success rate when it comes to it. But the thing with rosacea, it can always just come back and be angry if it's not managed. So just yes. such a huge part of that whole treatment is just that client education piece. Okay. I totally agree. And I know you mentioned lasers. I think some people might be thinking like, oh, heat and rosacea, no, but you're saying there are beneficial, possibly like low heat lasers people yeah. could use. I mean, you don't want to come and do like a CO2 or anything like that. You know, <laughs> you want, you want to do a, a laser. No where you're, yeah. You're still keeping, you know, that epidermis intact and you're working with lower settings depending on what laser you're using, but there's a lot of great ones out there. And I mean, like I said, with the IPL intense pulse light, I've had such a great amount of success with that too, because we're just, you know, we're working at different wavelengths. Okay. Beautiful. I love, I, I am not a medical esthetician, but I saw a lot of clients with rosacea in the spa who benefited from like a YAG laser or like a laser Genesis as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the Genesis. That's a good one. Oh, so good. It's just like so healing and reparative and relaxing. And I feel like you just look like healthy afterward. Okay. Yeah, so somebody, definitely. Yeah. Somebody could do laser treatments to work on redness. Let's talk about how somebody could manage a flare up. They get home, they have some hot spicy Thai food, just took a hot shower. How can they manage yeah. that? Um, so managing a flare up, I mean, <clears throat> that is a good question. You want, again, cooling, soothing ingredients. You want to make sure, you know, everything is very cool. Sometimes cool compresses on the face, going mm -hmm. back to those nice cool sprays, 
using splashing some tepid water, making sure they're not rubbing any products on the face yes. and creating friction, anything that's going to create heat, you want to just yes. stare away from. I've yeah. even had clients just say, hey, sometimes when I put ice cubes in my yeah. mouth, I feel like it starts Ooh. to cool my body down. Oh. So it's all about like, okay, what can you do? You're flaring up, you're getting hot, you're getting red, you're flushed. And, and it's not just like the redness, someone with rosacea genuinely feels, you feel that heat. So you mm -hmm. want to think in terms of how I'm going to cool that body down. Okay. I think that's really helpful. And another question I have, since you mentioned ice cubes, are there certain scenarios of like too extreme of cold, possibly like somebody would want to avoid to avoid like an extreme temperature change. I know sometimes that can trigger um, capillaries to become more visible. Like say the trend of somebody putting ice cubes on their face. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, well, I don't feel too good about it. <laughs> you know, I, I always say you want to cool the body down, but there's a happy medium. So yeah. you don't want to shock the skin, just yeah. like you don't want to put anything with direct heat on the skin. Yeah. You want to just, when I say in the mouth, you know, you're putting yes. something cool in your mouth to try to cool your body, but you're not putting an ice cube on <laughs> the skin that's actually, you know, being affected by rosacea. So you, you still want to make sure that that's tepid water and, you know, extreme temperatures. If you live in a climate that has extreme temperatures, it can contribute mm -hmm. to, you know, that back and forth, that cold, that hot and that cold air. And there's not a whole huge way around it, but it can mm -hmm. be a, a trigger for sure. That's good to know. And I know you mentioned friction and, and massage. I think that's a little interesting to talk about yeah. um, both outside of the treatment room because people are marketed so much and somebody who doesn't quite understand the condition might see, you know, like a massage tool. They might be doing a lot of massage on their skin or using products that contribute heat. I mean, there's like at-home steamers, there's at home LED lights. So somebody with rosacea would want to be cautious about all that as well, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime you're adding friction to this or you're having friction on the skin and some of these modalities out there yeah. that can create heat, man, that can just really get that skin so aggravated. And in the yeah. treatment room, even things like massage. I mean, when we think about it, we think, oh, it's so calming and soothing, right. but it's really not. I mean, one of the things yeah. besides using no steam and no hot towels in the treatment room, I'll do, I won't massage my clients. I'll do a little acupressure, a little scalp massage, you know, just mm -hmm. making those simple modifications can make such a difference for that difference for that client. Okay. I love those things that you mentioned because, okay, I'm thinking from somebody's perspective with rosacea, they come in and it's almost like their treatment seems so much, um, it's different from other people's. It seems pretty simplified. So thinking of ways you can add things in for them, I think that's amazing. 
Yeah. And those like very cooling, hydrating masks. I think those are Mm -hmm. awesome for people with rosacea. Okay. So somebody could like maybe leave their mask in their fridge or keep some products in the fridge to have like a cooling effect without, I think the key is like just no extremes with rosacea. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And no like no harsh exfoliation Mm -hmm. exfoliation and things like even exfoliating products that have those little granules in them. That's, you know, really not a good option for a rosacea client either. No. Yeah. Or rosacea or acne, rosacea, pustular acne, just all around the inflammation. We want to keep it gentle, no crazy scrubs, but maybe like a light enzyme or something with lactic would would be good. Definitely. Okay, perfect. I have another question about the heat and how you mentioned it can sort of like come and go. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is interesting. I, I knew somebody who said they were like diagnosed with rosacea, but said they never had like heat in their skin. Like she could never remember a time she felt hot to the touch is that a characteristic that like always Mm -hmm. presents with rosacea I I think so yeah so more commonly rosacea with rosacea you're going to feel that heat but like I said and I always say that is that no two people on this planet have the same skin so not everybody is always gonna present the same exact symptoms so it's not that it's, um, you know, it's not, co- it's not uncommon, but it absolutely, it can happen. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And um, I know we didn't touch on the like exact cause because it's, it's unknown. I know people sort of make a parallel between the Demodex mites Yeah. What's, what's your take on the mites? Yeah, well, it absolutely. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in that, that that is one of the causes and just inflammation. I believe, you know, getting down to that cause of inflammation, a lot of times people with rosacea, they don't have it in the earlier years. They have it after like big, especially with women, because it's more common in women than men. But you see it a lot after like a lot of hormonal shifts, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes after puberty, after pregnancy, um, a lot of times women in their 30s and 40s that never had rosacea their whole life just suddenly develop rosacea. Wow, that is so interesting. And yeah, it almost seems like we can have like, it's almost like a second, I don't want to say second puberty, but just like, I notice a lot of hormonal changes later on with women. And like you said, Mm -hmm. like their thirties and forties, there can be a shift or especially if somebody's getting off birth control or just had a baby. Oh, true. Yeah. 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 And I also think, and there's a lot of discussion on this too, is with overall gut health and, you know, what you're putting in your body and all these internal factors and how they, they play out on your skin over time. Okay. Yeah. And gut health, I think is so important. 
Are there any things people can do to benefit their gut health or perhaps good food somebody with rosacea could try to include in their diet? So maybe like supplements or foods that you could see being beneficial for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of different diet changes that can be made. Um, so as far as diet, like before we talked about internally taking vitamin C, but getting vitamin C through your foods, like bright colored mm. fruits and vegetables, trying to get magnesium through nuts, uh, mm. seeds, spinach, beans, potatoes, selenium mm. would be meat, fish, eggs, beans, nuts. Um, so really trying to get more of those vitamins and those supplements that we discussed earlier, but getting them through your dietary intake as well. Um, so I think that that's a, a great way to do it. And then there's also all kinds of like great anti-inflammatory diets that are out there now too. Yes. So maybe looking into some of those dietary changes. Yeah, I think that's really, really helpful. I've noticed with my autoimmune condition, focusing on low inflammatory has really changed my, my skin, my, uh, just my mental state, how I feel. So mm -hmm. I think it really contributes. I've, I've sort of dipped my toe in the Mediterranean diet, which can be really helpful for lowering inflammation. Not that we're dietitians, yeah. but I think, I think as estheticians, it's like a little bit of a tricky subject to talk about diet and lifestyle and supplements, but we can always educate based on what we've learned, what we've seen and direct people toward working with yeah. the doctor. It is. You're so right. It is such a tricky one because we're not dietitians, and I always try to be so careful yeah. and never trying to diagnose no. and never trying to say, you know, try this with your diet or do this. It's more of in a third person way that I know that this has given great results to other people with the same condition and trying to come at it with a different angle through client education. Exactly. Yeah. I think you, you, you said it so perfectly. It's sort of like a third person, like just acknowledgement, but it is important to acknowledge. And I think you can really help put people on the right path with more education and more information, especially with rosacea, because like you said, Julie, somebody really wants to manage it before it gets to that stage where it's like severe. Right. Okay. I think we have covered a lot of helpful things. We've talked talked about lowering inflammation internally, keeping the skincare routine simple, calming, hydrating, not too much spiciness or exfoliation, uh, a, a nice level of occlusion, but not not to the point where we're clogging the skin or going too heavy. We've talked about how to keep your treatments calm and cool and not introduce too much heat. Is there anything we've left out, Julie, you think is important to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, a great gist of it, looking at rosacea. So I, I'm, I'm 
hoping that that is helpful. <laughs> I think it, I think it will be. I think people are going to love this episode. They've been saying for the longest, Rosacea, please talk more about Rosacea. But I would love to have you back. I know you have so many areas of expertise. So um, thank you so much for coming on, Julie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Where can everybody find you if they want to connect or take a class with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website. It's skincoachjulie.com. I've got all of my classes on there. And if you'd like to email me, um, I can be reached at support at skincoachjulie.com. And I'm also on Facebook under Six Figure Esthetician Virtual Training. Um, and I am on Instagram as well. Perfect. I will pop all of that info in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Julie, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode.